Hello, my dear. I have two quick things for you before we get into the show today. First off, if you are at all considering making some extra money on the side during this challenging time of coronavirus, pivoting to take what you do in the world and considering exploring what it would look like to get it up into an online business format. If you are a new entrepreneur who feels overwhelmed or stuck in trying to actually get to the point where you are launching and selling your product, or if you are a fellow entrepreneur like myself, you may have been in business for years But you know that you need more accountability. You need to make things happen more quickly. It takes you too long to get your products and services out there. You overcomplicate them. You stress yourself out. I want to let all of you know that my brand new course for 2020, Creative Business Accelerator, is opening its doors for the second time only. You can swipe up and join me for a free live call where I'm going to be doing some amazing teaching and telling you more about everything that is included. Our first round of students who went through have the most amazing stories. I cannot wait to tell you about them. It is at a super low introductory price, as I really want to help as many people as I can in this challenging season. And in thanks, I would be so incredibly grateful if while you were listening, you would swipe on up and tap five stars and leave a quick review. You don't even have to type anything. You can literally just tap five stars. I was listening to a podcast the other day and she encouraged us to leave a review and I realized I love this podcast. Have I never left a review here? And I swiped up and I tapped write a review and no, I had not left a review and I was so grateful that she said it because I really have benefited so much from that podcast. So if anything here has blessed your life, thank you so much for even while you're listening, just swiping up, tapping those five stars, and then we will get on with the show. Well, this is going to be the bee's knees. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hello, sweet friends. It is so good to be live with you again back from home sweet Brooklyn. For the last few weeks, we have had our first ever hiatus here where I gave some updates on past Encore episodes. And it was so cool over on Instagram stories to see how many of you heard an episode the first time around and then listening to it again, you were called where you were and you were able to see your own growth since then. That was an unexpected win part of it that I loved. And I just really appreciated being able to take a little bit of time away. As you know, since we are friends on Instagram, of course, that I had deleted Instagram for a week and I'd been more quietly, slowly working my way back on there. So that is a conversation we will have another time here. I'm still kind of unpacking all of my thoughts around that. But today I wanted to have just kind of a girlfriend general chat life update as I it hit me that We just passed the six-month mark for a lot of people with quarantine, COVID-ness, and that seems a little bit incomprehensible (laughs) that it has been six months, something that we thought would last six weeks. I remember when Jeremy and I left Mexico and landed in Phoenix, we got a place for three weeks. I think we were thinking three to six weeks is about what we were dealing with. And it is just kind of hard to wrap our heads around that this is, I mean, I kind of hate to put a number around it, but I don't know. We're like, we're looking more at like a year, 18 months, maybe from the things that I'm reading. I am not an expert, but uh, just realizing 
What a different adjustment this is, I think, that we, I realized for myself, I had a vision in the beginning that this was going to be a short sprint, that this was a period of time. And there was a real sense almost of, I want to take advantage of this time. This time might be ending. Like, what can I, what can I learn from this? How do I want to grow? What do I want to accomplish? And there was all that, you know, productivity Olympics pressure that was happening. And I think I just hadn't really reset for myself. Okay, six months. If this is one year to 18 months, how do I feel about that? (laughs) Because I kind of haven't sunk back in and really addressed it. So we had a little chat over on Instagram stories as we do. And I always really like to, I just check in with us every once in a while because something that I feel very privileged about in my position is I'm very grateful for how many of you, even the most recent review that I was just reading today from uh, FitBuddy9188, uh, it was titled, Hillary is a Beautiful Human, which is such a sweet title. And she said, Hillary covers various topics with such grace and understanding. She offers her opinion in a non-pushy way and is welcoming of other opinions. She wanted to say some other things, but the number of times that you note how I'm willing to not even necessarily here, but I I personally would say make space for other opinions and other experiences. I think, yes, that is my personality as a moderate, as a person who loves to live in the and and the in-between, and a deeply empathetic and compassionate person who really sees and hears where everyone is at, even people that I don't relate to or agree with. But all the more so because of my position, I hear your stories all the time in my DMs and Therefore, I at all times, I have this vision of how much complexity there is for us going through what quarantine means and can remember in the midst of my experience, I know 50% of you are having a very different experience. One example I've said from the beginning, it seemed that 50% of us had more time and 50% less. Some people were struggling with boredom and loneliness and what can I learn from this slowness and everything is so shut down and quiet and this great deep awakening. And the other 50% were oh my gosh, I am now my kid's full-time school teacher or I am having to work overtime because of my industry. I am an essential worker. My work is more emotionally exhausting and mentally taxing than it ever was before. I you know, got let go and so I've been scrambling to try to find work and there's all of this stress. Generally, broad strokes, two very different experiences of busy or less busy. So I checked in on a couple of other things across the board to see how are we doing at this point. And I asked four questions. The first was, you know, due to COVID, just in general, how are you doing emotionally right now? And the options were mega struggle bus, roller coaster, depends on the week, or pretty peaceful and okay. Back in April, May, I feel that a hundred percent of us were roller coaster emotions all the time. Now it's like two thirds of us. And the other third of us are more peaceful. And that's the category that I fall into. Thankfully, there was very few people that said mega struggle bus, which was just such a blessing. If you are still feeling that emotional roller coaster, up and down. No, you are not alone. That's where the majority of people are. But if you also in your personal life are feeling that emotional peace, you also are not alone. Myself and a third of us are with you. Uh, then I asked, uh, how are you feeling about 
quarantine life? Is it you're kind of enjoying the slowness? Uh, it Life isn't really all that different in quarantine than your world before or so over this. 40% are enjoying the slowness. 40% are over it. 20% it's not that different. I would say for me in a lot of ways, it's not that different. My life is indeed much slower this year, but that is partially the way my business was going to be this year regardless. And so those two things coming together, my life is much slower. But actually, my day-to-day life is not all that different. But folks like that with me are in the majority. Again, I think we're sort of, you know, are we are we slower or are we busier? In this case, it may not just be that the 40% over it are busier. Some of you I'm hearing from, you're mega extroverts and you're just so over the slowness and that way you're lonely. There was so many people who wrote in to talk about how isolating it feels because you are taking it more seriously than your friends and family, which means that because you don't feel they are being safe enough, you feel that you can't spend time with them, but they are then spending time with others. So it doesn't feel like everyone is just isolating. It feels like some people are going back to hanging out together. So you are having that FOMO and that isolation. And I really wanted to highlight that because I just think if you are someone who is feeling a little more chill about your boundaries, it just could be a really beautiful time to consider in empathy anyone in your life who is taking it, I hate to say taking it more seriously because I I don't mean that as a judgment if you are not, but if you are just aware, you know what, I think I'm like, 70 percent you know masks and hand cleaners and stuff like that but my one girlfriend she's like 99 percent being aware that makes her more isolated and is there anything I can do is it reaching out more is it texting is it calling is it really acknowledging I have a girlfriend who again by taking it less seriously I don't mean she's being irresponsible but she's very young and I understand the people in their 20s feel a lot more invincible from this than those of us that are you know closer in age or our spouses are closer in age to a Nick Cordero at 41. Um, and so I think it can be very different just being 35 to 28 or, you know, the, the person that is your partner being that. So, um, but I am so aware that she is aware, Jeremy and I take it more seriously. And she is so kind and respectful and cautious of that. Um, we were at a party and someone had asked like, hey, are you guys hugging? And I was like, I I don't think we're hugging because these are people I haven't even seen. Like I'm not really in touch with. I don't know how seriously they're taking it. So I was like, we're just not huggers. Then a girlfriend came up and like bum rushed me for the hug. And this girlfriend was like, oh, she's not hugging. It was fine. I was fine to hug that friend. But I thought it was so sweet that she tried to kind of be like, oh, I overheard her say this. I'm going to also be like, hey, I don't think she's hugging, even though I'm fine. You know, this friend is fine with the hugging. So I just think that that is something that we can really be sensitive about in this time if there are people around you that are being more uh, cautious. Or some people have, you know, uh, someone elderly that they are seeing. They have a new baby. They have someone with a health condition. And just knowing how hard it is for those people and anything that we can do. I mean, I might even just be as simple as dropping off flowers. You know, if you just, if they aren't don't feel safe to see you, just really letting them know you're thinking about and caring about them. Uh, the next question that I asked was, how are you feeling like, do you feel that you are making permanent changes in your life like my life will be different for the better because of what I've grown learned changed evolved during this time or um this has been a nice season but probably a year from now my life is going to go back to the same you know it's like I'm kind of 
there's certain benefits maybe of being in quarantine and having this slowness, but I, I'm just going to go back. I'm not going to keep that. Or this has been less learning and more just an inconvenience to get through. <laughs> I'm not one of those that's like, this is our global awakening. I'm just like, no, I hate this. This is not making me a better person. I just want this to be over. 10% said it was less learning, which I thought was really wonderful that that was just a small percentage of people that feel like there is no good that's coming out of it. It is just all miserable, which again, I'm not saying that that's bad. Like I honor, I think that those 10% of people, this is tough for you. You are in a tough spot. You are not learning anything because you have five children that are home distance learning and you're an essential worker and you don't have time to learn anything. 30% felt that this was a nice season, but you would probably go back. This was the the number that was the most exciting to me, I think, out of these four questions. 60% felt that you will be better in the long term because of this. That is very much how I am feeling. And it made me feel so happy for so many other people that you too are feeling that there's a lot of chaos happening in the world. There is a lot of pain. There is a lot of grief. And... I also am learning things in this season that I believe are going to make me happier, a better person, healthier, any of those things. And then finally, the question was, how different is your life now during quarantine than your normal life? Now that we have, um, you know, maybe adjusted somewhat. Uh, Pretty close to your normal life, that was only 10%. Uh, some things are the same. Some things are very different. That was most people. 65% and it is totally different. That was 25%. I would imagine, again, people with kids home distance learning, that might feel like it is just totally different. Or maybe that's your half and half. I'm in the tiny percentage that said the the 10% of, honestly, it's pretty close to my normal life. There's really very few things in my week. We don't go to out to brunch and then to church on Saturdays. I don't ever have a birthday party or an MBA or a, you know, Broadway show or something I go to, but I don't do that that often. So honestly, aside from going to church, my week is pretty similar to what my life would be like a lot of weeks. I don't, I can't go to a coffee shop to go and work in the morning, but I wasn't doing that all the time anyways, uh, based on what I had to work on. So there was just certainly weeks that for me, I worked from home. I didn't see friends in person. I didn't really go out to do much other than grab a coffee, which is what I do now. Um, So I realized for me that it is pretty close to normal, but I am in the minority. And again, that's why I love having these conversations over there, because I want to know where is my experience, not what we're all experiencing, where is 50-50. So I wanted to share a few things that have been have been coming up for me during this season of quarantine and specifically what questions or actions or insights I feel you might be able to ask yourself and glean from it. Even though we're having different experiences, I think there are undercurrents of I could be leaning and asking myself a little bit more of this now, or I'm not in a position to ask myself that now, but because Hillary gave me that vision, that may be what's coming for me in the season after quarantine if I'm in that position of, with this many kids distance learning, this is not my season for that, but Hillary, I hear you, and that is what I'm going to think in the seasons to come. Because I think for those of us that are very busy now, You are craving that slowness and that slowness season will come, quote unquote, after quarantine. 
And my hope is that you can be better prepared for that and and already be ahead in your growth because of learning from those of us who are in the slow season now. And that's kind of what I want to extrapolate out. And if you are in the slow season with me, I want to help you sink deeper. And if you are losing your mind in the insanity of it, I want to give you hope and say, friend, you can do the slow, you can glean even more from the slow season with the kernels that I'm going to give you that you can start thinking about implementing today. So first, just a little personal update. I've gotten some questions about what is life like in New York City. Someone DM'd and said, Hillary, I just trust you. You're the only one that I trust. I just trust you so much more than the media or the news or anyone out there, and I need you to tell me. What is it like in New York City? Are there people urinating and masturbating on the streets like I'm reading in the articles? Because I've never been to New York, but I've always dreamed of it. It's my dream city, and I just want to know, is it falling apart? Is it going to hell in a handbasket? And what I have to say is, uh, Magdalena, no. It is... um, It's pretty gosh darn idyllic. It feels incredibly safe because I think being one of the epicenters, people here take it very seriously. Uh, People wear masks. They distance. They are respectful as far as coronavirus. I feel incredibly safe here. It is quiet. There are, I I mentioned this when we first got back in June, but there are less tourists. Uh, Some of the locals still have not come back. Um, It feels very casual. This might sound silly, but people are not dressed up because they have nowhere to go. We went out for our anniversary the other night and I noticed Jeremy was in a suit. I was in my fringy reception dress from our family wedding. It was our two-year elopement anniversary. And we were going out to this fancy Michelin star restaurant. And uh, I noticed how many people gave us a glance as we walked by. Now, granted, I'm wearing a fun dress. I would um, I would be used to some people looking at it. But I also felt that it was more than normal because I know myself, when I pass a man in a suit, I think, whoa, where is he going? I wonder what he has to do. <laughs> Whereas six months ago, I would have thought nothing of seeing dozens of people off in their suits. So there's even just a... I don't know. There's a chill vibe. It feels like these are all people in the neighborhood. Everyone's wearing their sundresses and their shorts and hanging out in the neighborhood. So I am just really loving the vibe here. And I am so in love with our home. I think that for a lot of people in New York, a lot of people, a lot of places, but I think specifically in in New York, COVID has sped up a lot of people's visions for what it is that they want for their life. So we have had a lot of people moving here in New York, and I think that those are people that you were already going to move to Nashville in a few years. It's just you kind of thought, well, maybe we should go now instead of in three years. We had friends that moved to us home to Australia that were thinking it was going to be in five years. They went over there for quarantine, not planning to stay, and then decided maybe we should just stay. So I think it is speeding things up for people. And for Jeremy and I, it may have just, for us as well, it may have sped up some conversations around as we just start to explore, like, what is it that really makes us happy and how much of New York do we really take advantage of? I don't know. We've just had a lot more conversations than I think we probably would have in 2020. And therefore, we kind of came up with this like five-year map of some big changes that we think are coming in our lives. And we may be leaving this specific apartment sooner than we expected when we moved in. So that's to say there's really for me this sense of, of treasuring this place that 
what if we aren't here for as long as I thought? Or what if we are here for the same amount of time, I'm just realizing it sooner than I than I might have. So I'm feeling so grateful and I think one of my encouragements to you would be to really make gratitude for your home a practice. Make a list of the things. We are spending so much time in our homes. And if you are feeling stir crazy, Groundhog's Day, noticing any of the little things that you wish were different, really, I always am so grateful for my home. Honestly, Jeremy and I probably say it to each other every single day. And we did pre-COVID. Now we just say it twice a day. And I really do think that there is something to that. And because this is likely not shifting anytime soon, if you are not in a position to be moving, to really just make the choice of how grateful you are for where you live right now, whatever your current situation is. We also made a list of NYC experiences for 2021. Now, I did see something with Dr. Fauci the other day where he was saying it may be mid to late 2021 before this is quote unquote done, whatever done means, however you think we're going to get there. That was a little bit depressing. That felt like a punch in the gut. I realized I am telling myself this is going to be fine by spring. Might be summer or fall. So as we know, with 2020, we had all these plans and they didn't come to be. But I still feel that daydreams and hopes and beautiful visions of the future are never wasted. So if Jeremy and I sit down and we start making a list of things that we want to experience in New York City in 2021 and it doesn't happen, I'm not upset that we made the list. If it does happen, that's amazing that we got to plan it out. If some of those things, even right now, little things that we can do and it's kind of gotten on our radar to be like, well, we could probably do that during COVID. Like, I don't know, maybe we should go to the Met Museum while it's, you know, it it opened, there's less people, like maybe just now would be a good time to go do that because we wrote it on our list of, hey, we'd like to go see museums more often. So another suggestion would be to make a post-COVID list in your hometown What things are right there that you don't take advantage of enough that you realize now you are missing? And is there any way that you actually could incorporate them? Now, maybe listing out 10 things, you'll realize one or two of them you could do now. And my other piece of advice there would be making a three-year travel slash life plan. I said to my girlfriend, one of my best friends uh, yesterday, okay, I we basically have kind of mapped out our next five years. And I was like filling her in on some pretty big life things. And she was like, I, I'm i just laughing because in my mind, I feel like COVID has made me be like, well, there goes the whole point of planning. Like I should never plan anything again. I said, you know, I get that, that this year has changed so much. But I also think these things, they may shift But they were the best vision that we have right now. And they give us purpose. They give us clarity. They help us say yes and no to different life opportunities and and options. They help us put more in savings than spending it now because we see where we're headed. They help us research something right now to see if it's actually a possibility for our lives. And if it ends up changing, again, I don't feel that that will be wasted. You know, I mentioned probably six months ago, that something Jeremy and I had had gone to brunch and done was a three-year travel plan for where, you know, if if we do have kids, it's it's not in the next three years, we don't think. So what would we love to have done before that? Well, with COVID, we may have lost two years of that. But it still allowed us as a couple to sit down and research places that we wanted to travel and Now maybe we will travel with a kid there or maybe it'll be in 10 years instead of three years. But I still think we we had it was an enjoyable exercise to do. 
It was fun to research things. It was fun to think about. And that will happen at some point. To me personally, that is not about, oh, my whole plan went up in flames. It's I want to stay in a posture of dreaming and thinking about the future. Not so much that I don't live in the present, but not also feeling like this is Groundhog's Day. I am stuck. I don't know when this is going to end. And then we can just kind of get stuck in the mud of there is no hope and change right now. I, to me, it just makes me feel lighter to think this will be over. (laughs) There will be another sense. So see if something like that also helps with you. Another huge, huge thing for me that does not seem like it should be related to COVID, uh, but is, is I've been experiencing really wonderful peace with my friendships with my experience of friendships. Now, similar to my business slowing down, this was something that preceded COVID. It started earlier, and it just happens to be that something I already put in motion now has an extra depth to it because of COVID. So last summer, I started having conversations with some people in my life who I realized, some of my girlfriends who I realized, I keep getting my, I keep getting disappointed by this person. I want to see them more often. I want to, uh, I want to spend more one-on-one time with them. I feel like I'm always the one reaching out, whatever the different specific story was. And I finally realized this is so silly. If this was a dating relationship, I would absolutely be speaking up for what I want. If this was a work relationship, I would absolutely be speaking up for what I want. I would be saying, I'm not going to stay in this relationship kind of always disappointed by the way things are going. So why am I not doing this with my friendships? Well, because I don't I don't want to feel high maintenance. I don't want to feel too much. I don't want to overcomplicate. Aren't friendships supposed to be easy? And, you know, whatever these stories are. And I finally just realized... Why am I not respecting myself and having conversations for my own happiness in this relationship when I see that I do this in other areas of my life? Which, note to self, you might do this in your friendships and you're not doing it in dating. <laughs> or you might do it in friendships and dating, but you're not doing it in uh, in work relationships. So I had some of those conversations and they were incredibly illuminating to realize that we just had, we have different expectations We have different preferences. We have different visions. We have different priorities. We have different things that make us happy. And it really allowed me over many months after that to get to a better place of peace, of realizing it's not not me, it's them. I'm wanting to spend a lot of one-on-one time with a friend that really doesn't value one-on-one time like at all. Like she would rather be in a big group all the time. That feels so much more effective and efficient to her. And I'm like, oh. Okay, so this isn't me. It's not that you're having one-on-one time with everyone. I should get my feelings hurt. That's so silly. That's like being hurt that someone doesn't want to be in a committed relationship with you when they're like, oh, I'm for sure just in a like play in the field dating season. Yeah, girl, don't take that seriously. That's not what he wants right now. So don't beat yourself. Be like, oh, okay, I'm so glad that I knew that. You're not, oh, you don't ever want to get married? Okay, why would I want to be fighting really hard to date you if, if I want to get married and have kids? And you're like, oh, I'm yeah, I'm never going to get married. I don't believe in marriage. Um, I'm not monogamous. You wouldn't be chasing down that person as a romantic partner. But we don't do this in our friendships and have these conversations. So I already was feeling more peaceful in the six months ahead of covid And then while we were in Phoenix, it really started to occur to me how my closest friendships, the people who I actually talk to the most, who know the most about me, 
they live far away. I've, I've shared this, this realization before over the last few months that we communicate via voice message on an app called Voxer. And I realized that I was putting, because I put one-on-one, in-person, regular, regular hangout rhythms as my highest example of close friendships. If this is happening, that is a close friend. I actually was discounting that I have close friends that I spend very little FaceTime with, but they are actually the people who know me the best, who know the most about me, that I talk to the most, that I listen to the most. And it just shifted that I was putting so much priority on one vision, one expectation of friendship. And then also that I... I realized how much of it for me was the the fear of missing out, was the idea that everybody's hanging out without me. And now that we're back in New York City, my social life is not that different than what it was like pre-COVID. And I am 100% cool with it. When we have a weekend where we don't see any friends, I don't think twice about it. Text a couple friends, this one's doing a film thing this weekend, this one's out of town, this one I don't hear back from. Don't even think about it again. Jeremy and I just hang out, happy as a clam. I'm not feeling sad. I'm not feeling lonely. I'm not feeling rejected. I'm not feeling disconnected. I'm fine. So why was that exact same scenario six months making me feel sad and rejected and all of these things? Because I had a story that those people were all doing something with someone else as opposed to now being like, Whatevs, they're just that friend's, you know, diving deeper into her film career, so she's taking more classes. And that friend was is traveling to see family, which is probably the same thing she was doing six months ago when I asked her. But for some reason, it just felt like, oh, everybody has plans but me. So I just realized that I am so much more accepting of the friends I have for who they are. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that friend never texts back. That friend isn't a phone person. That friend isn't an in-person person. That, and I'm just like, oh, that's who they are. I see them for who they are. And I'm not offended that they don't want to be in relationship the exact same way or weight that I do. And telling myself, I have the perfect people in my life right now. I have the exact right amount of friends that I need for the right areas. And can we handle more? Sure. But I'm not lacking. I'm not scarce. How often do I not text back a friend when they text? When someone's like, hey, you know, could we hop on the phone? And it's sort of like, I was just about to do this thing. Like, I don't know. There's definitely times when other people are interacting with me and I like take two days to get back to them or I don't prioritize the thing or I'm not reaching out every single weekend to spend time with them because actually I don't need to be with people all the time. Uh, it's But if I'm afraid everybody else is hanging out all the time, then I feel like there is a sense of rejection. So what I really want to encourage you is to think about right now, no matter how busy or slow you are, because if you are busy right now, you might be thinking, well, I'm missing out on my friends because I'm so busy. But even if there was this slowness, what is your expectation of people? And are you ever disappointed by a friend because you aren't just accepting them for who they are? Do you have stories that are around a fear of missing out and people not reaching out to you and feeling like they do more to others? And what if you just said to yourself, I think I have exactly enough friends 
who reach out to me just often enough. And if you really started to notice the mindset of that, because the presence of my friends has not changed, but my experience of them, I appreciate them more. I expect less of them, not in a bad way, in a, oh my gosh, I love that I heard from her, as opposed to, oh, why haven't I heard from her? So that to me is one of those kernels of, if you were in a slow season, you might be feeling lonelier. Can you really do some digging into, do I really want that many more people? And do I really, is it the story that I think other people have that, et cetera? And if you were busier to say, I'm going to, lighten up that expectation now when I'm too busy to see these friends anyways because I know my post-COVID season is going to have more of that spaciousness. But I'll tell you what happened to us with our wedding is we were so busy in wedding planning. We came out of that season thinking, oh my gosh, finally we can see our friends. And we were like, okay guys, we know we've been so busy for the last year, but we are, you know, we are here and we are the opposite of single. We are married and ready to mingle. (laughs) We are good to go. And we were like, "Um, where is everyone? Hey guys, hey guys, oh, you all are busier than we realized. We thought it was just us because we were so busy. So you might be in that place now during COVID where you're like, oh, I just don't have any time. But once this is over, man, I'm going to be doing all the mom's night outs. And meanwhile, your mom friends are like, I just realized that I loved the slowness and, you know, et cetera. So the other thing that I've been thinking about is um, – I've shared before that I had this vision for always of how would my life feel if I moved to Bali? If I moved to Bali, this place that I have never been to, and I have no idea if I would like, but it just feels zen, right? It just feels peaceful and spacious. Would I get bored? Would I feel more enlightened? Would I, you know, how would my life be? And while I am in a city that would seem like it is very far from Bali, I think my life is about as close to Bali as you can get, to be honest. I mean, the spaciousness that I have, the freedom that I have, combination of COVID slowness and and shifts in my work. And so it's allowing me to be like, huh, I'm not bored. Um, I'm not bored, but there are times when I'm like, hmm, what do I want to do with my time? And that's a new thought. Because my whole entire life, I've been so busy. I don't really have just excessive free time to the point of, I'm not quite sure what I want to do, where I really then notice, okay, you know, I have all these expectations of how many books I'm going to read. I have so many nonfiction books that I want to read. I buy them in a hardback. I buy them on Audible. I start them and then I don't get very far in them and then I get excited about another book and I am literally, I'm, I am currently in the middle of I think six nonfiction books and I have at least another five, probably more on my Audible that I haven't finished and for sure the same on my bookshelf that I have I've probably gotten into 20 to 30 books, which on the one hand is a wonderful thing. I'm a curious person. I love to learn. There's so many things I'm interested in. Not a bad thing. But when I'm telling myself, oh, gosh, you just got, if you only had more time, you could get through more books. I have this vision. If my life was just slower, I would be someone who reads more. And then I would be more educated on all these things I want to be educated about. But now I go, all right, I have you know so much free time. 
And I'm like, do I want to? Why am I feeling resistant about sitting down and reading this book? Like I, I've got to unpack this because I told myself it was just about time. And now I actually realize like, you know, I've got all this time, but that's still a lot of books to read. I, I took, I think f- the number of books I take when I go on vacation is preposterous because I think I'm going to have all this time. And what I realized on our last brief 10-day trip to Connecticut and Rhode Island is that even when I have a lot for me, a lot of time to read, reading books is not fast work. Reading a novel, I might fly through, but a nonfiction book that is making me really think, I mean, it can take me forever to get through a few pages where I'm highlighting and I'm pondering and I'm thinking and I'm rereading and I'm going back. And so if my vision is that if I have more time to rest, I will be more productive in all of my personal growth then even as I, as I create more spaciousness in my life, I am still feeling disappointed by what I'm accomplishing in my life because I've built up this ideal that if only I had more space, I would read more nonfiction books, I would take more classes, I would be going to therapy, I would be healing these things. And I realized, okay, great, Jeremy and I are going to therapy right now. Uh, we actually started off with two therapists because Personally, I think if you're going to start with a therapist, you should start with more than one so that you're not comparing, is this working or not? Is this worth it financially or not? But you're saying, which of these feels like a better fit? It's like either or as opposed to yes or no. So we started off with two. Jeremy had never been to therapy before. So especially I wanted to give him more of a, you know, him to have two things to compare it to as opposed to like, I don't know if I like this or not. Um, We like them both. They're both very different. So right now we're seeing them twice. So we're going to therapy twice a week. All right, well, that put on the back burner um, going to therapy to figure out, you know, how I can get over my issue of really wanting people to like me. So still haven't worked on that one, guys. Um, Forgiveness, learning how to apologize. There's like big things that I want to work on about myself. Haven't gotten to any of them during quarantine, but I'm working on one thing, which is communication in my marriage, which is great. And out of those four things, working on one of them is great, but it can be really easy for me to be like, oh, dude, what is wrong with me that I still haven't gotten to fill in the blank? I just finished a book that um, I will quote momentarily here. Uh, It's called How to Do Nothing. I started reading it in March, coincidentally, at the beginning of the pandemic, and I just finished it in August, and I finished doing a second reread of it here in September. So... Six months. Yeah, it took me six months to read a book on how to do nothing because I was pulling so much out of it. So I packed this book for Mexico along with nine other books thinking I'm going to fly through this baby in a week and it takes me six months. And I think that that is very important for, I'm feeling it a very important message to pass forth to those of you that are not in a season of as much slowness as I am in because I realize how blessed and how privileged I am to have this slowness. And I also realized that I thought if I could just get the slowness, there would be all of this personal growth productivity I would be able to do in that restful time. And I realize now that I was still expecting 10 times what I can actually accomplish. So what I am really working on is lowering my expectations noticing that my ideals may not be around lack of time. 
that I'm blaming my, my, my work busyness, my social busyness. If only there was more hours in the day. If only I had a full week off like Bill Gates for a think week. If only I lived in Bali. That it is not around those external things. It's that my ideals are still unrealistic. And if I had all the time in the world, if I had, if I was just independently wealthy and completely retired, would I still get to a point of, well, I can kind of only read so many nonfiction books at a time. I can only go to so much therapy at a time. Is there still going to kind of be a ceiling to, if I had complete six months off, it's not that I would just become the 10 times better version of myself. I would make some progress and I would still be disappointed by, gosh, I have a lot that I want to work on. So I wonder if you can can ponder for yourself, what if I cut my, I'm going to call it, quote, rest productivity expectations in half? What if I cut them down to a quarter? How much am I fantasizing about everything that I will do? Everything that I will do with my rest. And I know sometimes when I'm super exhausted, and and you know with running a business over nine years now, I have just had those seasons – My daydream would be I'm going to binge that season of the Kardashians. I'm going to binge that season of Bachelor. If I could just have a day to do nothing. That is amazing. Now that actually, as fluffy as it sounds, that's just true rest. That is just shutting your brain off, climbing into bed, and zoning out. But most of us, what we want to do with our, quote, rest productivity is learn French, figure out forgiveness, and read 52 personal development books, and, you know, lose 10 pounds, and all of the things. So really thinking, what if I wildly lowered my expectations of my rest productivity? And if I do have more slowness in COVID now, am I still being too hard on myself? Am I still having too high expectations of of what I'm going to do and who I'm going to be after the season? And if it is really busy for me right now, am I far too idolizing everything that's going to happen once the season is over? And so then I'm just going to end up disappointed when I get to that season. And the final thing that I want to say today is that we we did go away for 10 days, Connecticut, Rhode Island, and it was a really positive trip for us where we had a lot less arguments as a couple than we do often when we travel. And I realized that it was because I had lowered my expectations all across the board. I realized that often when we travel, I want to do four things. I want to rest. I want to play. You know, we want to go see sites or do whatever it is in the place that we're going to. I want to do creative work. So maybe that's Instagram or writing or, you know, maybe I got a bunch of work done before I left so that I could create space to do stuff here. And then sometimes there still is real work. A lot of times when we're traveling, it's a, I'm just working remotely. That's what I was doing in Connecticut. So there may still be, you know, there was the the things that were coming up with the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal that I still had to sign off on. And there's like still that going. So I realized oftentimes I have four things that I'm doing when we're on vacation, when in my or when we are working remotely. Whereas when I'm here in Brooklyn, I might say I've, I'm kind of doing two things: I'm doing real work and creative work, and I'm not doing a whole lot during the week to play. And yeah, I get eight hours of sleep. I rest enough. It's fine. You know, my expectations are lower when I'm home. Now, for some people, that may be different. You may say, "Oh no, my work. I don't take my work with me. If I'm on vacation, no one asks anything of me." I'm not really a creative work type person, so I have no problem shutting off on vacation. 
But you might find that in your your real week if you think through, what are all the different categories that I'm having these expectations of? I'm going to have self-care, I'm going to have time with my husband, I'm going to have time with each kid, I'm going to have work, then I'm going to have, you know, I'm also going to start my business on the side, but then I'm doing this day job. So wherever it is for you that you realize, I have multiple things that I have expectations for in, in this week, in this block of time. And I just lowered all of them. And it made me so much happier and therefore cheered me so much happier. Now, part of it was my mindset and part of it was the reality of COVID. I realized that rest, I already was more rested going in. I wasn't coming in burnt out like I have been in the past. Uh, Play. If there's a lot more pressure when we are going to go, we're going to do this expensive trip to France and we are, we've spent a lot of money to go over here and it feels far away and we are incredibly blessed that we go to France every year, but it still feels like it's going to be a year before we come back and maybe we're in a city that we've never been to and we don't know if we're going to come back to because we want to see so much of the world. So there's this pressure on the play, on the what are you going to see? And this kind of permeates a lot. I've talked about this when we're in Paris, this back and forth of, do we go, do we take the long walk to get to the Eiffel Tower because it's the thing you're supposed to do? Or do we just stay present having a pizza on this balcony because this is what we are enjoying doing? And there's this push and pull of, do I rest or do I play? And yes, I realize that is a very first world problem, but it is something that we struggle with all the time, which is why we have the... I have pre-COVID, we have the, I have FOMO that none of my friends invited me out. And then as soon as they invite me out, I lie and say that I'm not feeling well because all I really want to do is lie under the covers and Netflix. So we struggle with this in general. I want to both rest and play both of these things. So because of COVID, it lowered... I don't know. What's there really to do in Connecticut? I mean, we're just kind of going. We There's only so many places we could go during COVID. And so I don't know. We'll, we'll see what there is. It wasn't that expensive. I don't have that high of expectations. I haven't thought about it for that long. It was kind of a last minute thing. So we get there and we're like, oh my gosh, there's a canoe and there's a kayak and there's a drive-in movie theater and there's a lake. And oh my gosh, this is so fun. But I also said to Jeremy, let's just, I mean, there's very few things that I have to do. Like, we were going to go on a hike. And I was like, you know, babe, if we don't go on the hike, like, I'm not going to be like, I, two months from now, I'm not going to be like, I can't believe we didn't go on the hike. You might say you got all the way to Rome and you're just like, I still can't believe we didn't make it to the Coliseum that day. I just, I'm so mad at myself for sleeping in. And I just, I really regret that I went shopping that morning. I should have gone to the Coliseum. Yeah, no one's saying that about, did you go on a hike that one time that you were in Connecticut? So the expectation just got lowered. I also lowered it for myself with creative work. I originally scheduled that Connecticut week to be a big writing week. I was work my goal was to have a first draft of my book done by the end of August. Instead, I hired a book proposal coach. Won't belabor the details, but basically I realized now that I have this accountability and the structure of working with her, killing myself to get to this deadline is going to make absolutely no difference in the process. The reason I came up with the deadline was to have something to hold myself accountable so I can move on to the next step. Well, I actually moved on to the next step already, so now I can ease up. So I just went in and said, I want to get clear on the thesis. There's this one part that's tripping me up so that I can confidently go into the first session with the book proposal coach. If I do that and I don't waste time on Instagram or watching TV, I'll be happy with whatever I did here. If I was reading, writing, researching, thinking, journaling, all of that is positive and headed in the right direction. So I way lowered my expectation for myself of 
what I needed to get done, not because, not from a defeated place, but actually from a, you know what, I'm going to reassess. I had one goal when I booked this, and now I'm in a different place, and I actually can be easier on myself. I can be lighter on my expectations. Um, And I had gotten stuff done before I left for my quote real work. But I also, because I didn't have these huge expectations for myself with creative work, when real work things came up, we had this print deadline with the journal, it didn't just leave me so frustrated. Like, oh, now I'm never going to reach my deadline because this stuff came up. And I think that we do that so often with our week our weekend, our trip, our event, our wedding, our whatever it is that we build all these expectations for all these different areas that things are going to happen in. And I think that was my huge takeaway from the wedding was just wildly slash having, you know, 12 different pillars of this event and having them all be at a 10 and just be like, eh, that one's a three, that one's a three. That one's a one. Yeah, this one's important, but I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to pull it down a little bit to an eight. Lowering the expectations all across the board. What are your visions for having a baby and all the things that you're going to do? And I think so many people have been forced to lower their expectations and be like, okay, I saw a girl yesterday that was like, okay, I'm not going to get the baby moon to Hawaii that I always told myself. Like we're doing a baby moon two hours away someplace else instead. And having to readjust like, okay, great. We will go to Hawaii with the baby on their one year birthday as our like way to commemorate, you know, and we just kind of adjust. But I think it's saying when life doesn't force us to do that, we can make the choice to do that as well. We can say, I think overall, my message for today is less, less even in rest, in personal growth, in friendships, in play. I think normally when we think about doing less, we think about it in work or maybe with COVID, we're thinking I'm I'm doing less work travel or I have less social commitments. Those are the more obvious places where we look at and we say, "I I have too much in my life, I'm too busy. But what I have found is that even when those things are stripped away, If you are in that busy season, if you will let me be the you in the mirror version of yourself where you have that slowness a year from now when everything is is right in the world, it still won't be enough. There will still be so many expectations you have of everything else in your life that is good and positive and personal growth and rest and relationships. And if you can make the mental shift now to say, I want to have less, I just want to lighten up the the, the vision that I have of of what my marriage is going to look like or the kind of parent that I'm going to be. That doesn't mean that I just say, whatevs, I'm kind of going to suck at this. It's not at all saying that. It's saying, you know what, As as long as we just, as long as I just spend time with my kids on this Saturday, that's all this really needs to be. You know, as long as it's that it's coming from that light energy of really, I'm the one who came up with this super high expectation in the first place. And would it really make me happier if it's if it happens? How much push is it going to take? Where did I really come up with the idea that that was the definition? And guys, I don't know where all our stories get. Where do I come up with the idea that seeing people one on one in person is the definition of I have enough friends and I have enough friendship. Well, I mean, it's what you see in Sex and the City and Friends and every other TV show, right? I mean, there's no there's no dialogue 
for the most part, in a book, people are more likely to be having conversation in person than over the phone. I don't really know a lot of books, TVs, films, movies that are about long distance friendship. It's just it's not as interesting to shoot, right, as if the people are there in person. I mean, you just really start thinking about and, and noticing what it is that's coming up. And that book I mentioned before, there was this quote that said, to do nothing is to hold yourself still so that you can perceive what is actually there. To do nothing is to hold yourself still so that you can perceive what is actually there. And I think that to me really is the benefit of these six months is my heightened self-awareness. Because I am doing less and because I am choosing less and I am being even lighter with my expectations at this already light space and, and place, I am noticing my thoughts more what I'm actually feeling in a moment, the story that I'm telling myself that I didn't really think about that much, like about one-on-one friendships. What am I avoiding? What am I doing to numb or distract? Like, I think that if I had more time, I would read these nonfiction books. So why am I sitting here at four o'clock when I have a good couple of hours and I'm not feeling like reading the book? That's not a bad thing. Just why is that? What do I feel like doing instead? What, what's the story that I'm telling of the kind of person I would be if I read more books? Really, I'm realizing that it, it sounds so cheesy, but like as we do less, we can be more, as in be, be better. We can be more aware. And again, that is so challenging if you are in a season where you are crazy busy and you're like, Hillary, I'm trying to pay the rent. I'm trying to distance learn my kids. Like, I'm not in a place where I can do less. But here are the things that I'm saying today that are not about the busyness. They're about my expectations because that we can all start to release right now. It's not that I did or didn't have the busyness with friends. It's that I accepted them for who they are. And it's not that I was or wasn't in Paris. It's that being in some place that I had less uh, high expectations for, like Connecticut, allowed me to realize, to notice, oh, you know, this is what it feels like to have lowered expectations. And gosh, it makes it a lot more relaxing to travel this way. Okay, I wonder what can I do about this in the future? So that's why I want to share this today, that some of you are in that slowness and can go deeper. Some of you are not, but I want to clear the path so that this time is not holding your breath until there is more of this rest. And then I will be so productive and fill it with all of the things. I hope that this can be our, our communal experience, that even though you may be having such a different experience and busyness, we also can be in this together where I can say, listen, girl, I'm going to go the slow path and I know that you're working so hard right now, but I'm going to pass back some kernels of truth so that when you get to that slow place, it is truly even easier for you to sink into it, enjoy, be present, and find amidst all of the heartbreak of this global pandemic that there are elements of your life that as 60% of us are saying, we do believe will be changes changed for the better that's a line from wicked um it truly will be our changes for the better oh 
wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is Newport, Rhode Island. You've probably picked this up from Instagram, but guys, we loved Newport. And I think kind of in the, the theme of today's discussion, it was so lovely how surprised we were by the very few options we could find for anything that was kind of close to a vacation when, by contrast, we were supposed to be in Italy for six weeks. Jeremy had never been in Italy. We had these beautiful summer plans. So going to an Airbnb in Connecticut, no offense to Connecticut, but like a little less, un, you know, underwhelming, right? Um, and a little less, a little more underwhelming, you know where I'm going with that. So because we just didn't have any expectations, there was such simple novelties, first of all, in Connecticut that I mentioned in this episode that you wouldn't think you'd be that excited about going to a drive-in movie theater if you've done it a lot, but Jeremy had never done it. So it's just a fun thing to do on a Thursday night when admittedly here in New York, Jeremy says it really starts to feel like Groundhog's Day for him. It's not that different for me. I never left the house a lot normally or the neighborhood, but he would go into Manhattan every day and he was... Because he had an office and he was seeing colleagues and things like that. So for him, it really did feel different. Kind of feels like Groundhog's Day. So just getting to do something small really broke it up. And as I mentioned in the episode, I would really encourage you to, to look into, is there anything that is social distance, that is near you, that is a day trip, that is a weekend trip, that feels safe, and that would just be mixing it up a little bit. Uh, and then Newport, Rhode Island was just lovely. The... Um, we just didn't know anything about it much before we went there. Honestly, I was just looking for hotels anywhere that had a lot of outdoor space and that seemed safe and that, I don't know. And this I found this one hotel that I was excited about. And we just really did not know that it is a... Uh, it must be one of the deepest ports in the U.S. because there are mega luxury yachts all over. There's boats everywhere. We love boats. And specifically yachts are just, they're just insane to even look at and comprehend. There was a $70 million yacht parked out there. Oh my gosh. So just walking around and looking at the boats and watching the boats and there was hammocks and there was lounge chairs and we got to go tour the big like Vanderbilt fancy mansions and that was fun and do the cliffs walk, which was beautiful. And you saw my reels uh, or Instagram, IGTV, we got stuck in the rain. It was a comical adventure. We went on a sailboat one morning uh, with like mimosas. We walked around the town and there was uh, the the buildings are so old. They have all these plaques on the outside. They were built in 1707 and 1711 and different things. If you've seen Hamilton, different characters in, I don't mean characters as in I think that it's fictional, different names that I am more aware of now because of Hamilton where you see different things that happen there. So just so much history. The first uh, free black church, so much history, um, nauticalness. The church where JFK and Jackie got married is there. I didn't know that. Anyways, I just can't say enough good things about Newport for a lovely long weekend and we already are excited about going back in 2021 and taking my parents and visiting them. And speaking of excited, as I mentioned at the top, I'm so excited that my course Creative Business Accelerator is coming back for the second time only to take our second group of inaugural students through. So if you are even considering starting a side gig, making some money on the side, starting your own business, or you are looking to more quickly and expediently launch your next product, which is exactly what I did in the creation and launch of this course, I kicked my own butt and I did something faster and easier than I had ever done before in my nine-year history in business. 
I wrote in exactly what I did so that I could help entrepreneurs do it more quickly. I would love to tell you more and have an amazing free masterclass when you swipe up and sign up at the link below. I will see you there, my dear, with grace and gumption. Till next Wednesday.